And we are back for another fun Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break podcast. Welcome. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, I don't know if you got here because someone else invited you, or you found us on the internet, or someone referred you to us, but uh, we appreciate you stopping by and having a cup of coffee with us and discussing Federal Workers' Compensation and all things that have to do with claims and claims assistance. Today's going to be a good one, a fun one. I think this is probably the most common thing that we work on in Federal Workers' Comp. Uh, And this one's called the five basic elements for establishing a claim. You need to understand that this is probably the most common um, thing that is given to every new claimant that files a work-related injury or illness or disease because these are usually the things that providers and claimants get very little information on in order to be successful in meeting all the basic elements. What I'm going to do is go through that because if you're trying to establish a claim, the burden of proof is on you. And so we want to discuss that and we want you to understand how to do it. So you can teach it to your doctor, you can teach it to your friends and co-workers, etc. So as always, before we get started, let's get that coffee going. I always love that sound. All right. So as I said before, welcome to Federal Workers' Compensation Coffee Break Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Taylor. I am a Federal Workers' Compensation Consultant who has trained doctors and hospitals and nurses and therapists and uh, all different levels of healthcare providers for 27 years on how to successfully navigate everything from writing, uh, billing, authorization, medical necessity, etc. Here on the podcast, we like to discuss all sorts of topics related to OWCP, FECA, DOL, Longshore, any other types of federal workers' compensation under the FECA uh, division. In this short coffee break format, we like to discuss common topics related to filing an appropriate claim or the rules and provisions, your rights and responsibilities, and we try to cover tips on how to successfully navigate Federal Workers' Comp to assist you with your claim. So as we stated before, when you're establishing a DOL claim for Federal Workers' Compensation, and I use Department of Labor and Office of Workers' Compensation, OWCP and DOL, under Federal Employee Commissions Act, FECA Act, interchangeably. So I wanted to make that clear what I'm, what I'm referring to when I say that. Um, When you're filing a workers' compensation claim, the burden of proof is on you, the employee. And so it's important for you to know that. So it's your responsibility to show the casual relationship between your injury and subsequent, you know, partial disability or partial um, inabilities or modification of your job as part of your claim filing as part of the conditions of your employment. Okay, and that goes for traumatic injury CA1s as far and, and as, as well for occupational disease and illnesses CA2s. So let's talk about burden of proof. It is the claimant's responsibility, that's you, this is straight out of the DFEC procedure manual, to establish the five basic requirements of a claim, which is known as the burden of proof. Commonly is referred to as the five elements of, of uh, 
a claim. It is the workers' comp responsibility, that's your DOL, OWCP, or Longshoreman, whichever division you're in, responsibility to establish whether or not this injury was caused by the, the basic requirements of a claim as conditions of employment or the conditions that you're exposed to, and also to rule in or rule out whether there was exclusions like willful misconduct, um, injury caused by intoxication, etc. So the burden of proof is your responsibility, as we said before. The first thing you need to understand about burden of proof is that burden of proof is necessary to establish the essential elements of your claim. You have to submit factual evidence that are required by OWCP. Most people do not know what those requirements are. That's what we want to go over today. You got to provide medical evidence from your approved provider as part of this uh, establishing a burden of proof. You also have to establish your report of injury with your supervisor and you have to inform them of your condition including a witness statement, and we'll go over that in a minute. And then that's reasonable to return to work as soon as medically able. And only OWCP has the authority to approve or disprove a claim. Your employer should play no role. Now, the basic categories of elements of a claim uh, of the five elements from the OWCP version, okay, this is how they interpret it, is time, civil employee status, fact of injury, performance of duty, and casual relationship. All five of these elements must be met before benefits will be ruled on or adjudicated to be awarded. Now, first I want you to, I want to read straight out of the manual what time, the first element of the five, what they say about time, okay? The federal regulations administering the Federal Employee Compensation Act, which is subsection 10.110 require that your employee, okay, I'm sorry, your employer has to complete and transmit the forms that we've discussed in previous podcasts to establish an incident or an occupational illness or disease. That's your CA1 and CA2. Those have to be completed by your employer representative, okay, within 10 working days after receipt of notice from the employee. That's one of the time elements that's uh, required that's outside of your hands. This has to be done by the employer okay, or the employer representative. That's 10 working days after receipt of notice from you, the injured worker. If the injury or disease will likely result okay, in the following, this is, this is the element that needs to be discussed. Whether there's going to be medical charges against OWCP, if there's going to be some level of missing work or disability of work beyond a day shift or in, uh, from the injury, the need for more than two appointments for medical exam or treatment on separate days, leading to time lost from work. That's uh, another thing we went over in the previous podcast. Whether there's going to be future time off work, disability, permanent impairment, or the payment of continuation of pay. Now, an original claim for compensation for disability or death must be filed within three years. That's a little bit different. Okay, but I, I want to talk about their part. That's your employer and your part. Original claim has to be filed three years after the date of injury once a uh, incident report C1, C2 has been filled out and filed from the date of injury. That's the date when the injured employee becomes aware or reasonably should have been aware of a possible work-related disease or condition, or it could be the date of last exposure. Now let's talk about the most common one. That's time, okay, the first element of the five elements, traumatic injury claims. That's, remember, CA1, it happened 
It could happen uh, multiple times during one shift, but it can only happen during one shift. An injured worker has three years to file a traumatic injury claim, ACA1. In a traumatic injury claim, time begins to run from the date of injury where the injury can be identified as to time, place, and circumstances of the occurrence. Now, of note, a claim for continuation of pay must be filed within 30 days of date of injury on Form CA-1. Now, let's talk about CA-2s. That's another element of time, okay? That's your occupational injury, illness, or disease, okay? Using Form CA-2 that we have in previous podcasts. An injured worker has three years to file an occupational disease claim as well. In occupational disease claims, the conditions generally arise gradually over a period of time, like I've taught you before. Remember, in previous podcasts, we discussed a CA2 claim is always going to be over a date range of two or more shifts. Cannot all happen on one day. It has to be two or more working shifts. All right, time begins to run when the injured worker becomes aware, reasonably should have been aware, of a possible relationship between the condition, the disease, and the factors of employment, whichever is later, okay? Where the exposure is possible injurious employment-related conditions, okay, those conditions continue even after you know or they know or they didn't know, it's still the conditions of exposure could lead to the injurious conditions or illness. Now, if the employing agency has a testing program that detected a condition, this, was a, this would establish that the employee agency had knowledge of the condition and the time requirement would be met. All right, let's talk about the second element. Second element is basically that you are a government employee. And they call it civil employee. I'm not sure why, but that means that you were employed or contracted with the government and are qualified for federal workers' compensation coverage. All right, the third element, fact of injury, has a couple of different parts. It's split into two, two kinds of evidence under the FECA Act. Number one is factual. Factual refers to evidence submitted by, the, um, by you, the employee. Okay? And then there's medical, which refers to evidence submitted by qualified and approved, and approved uh, medical providers. Factual injury evidence must establish that you, the injured worker, actually experienced the accident and or event or employment factor which is alleged to have occurred. In the medical fact of injury, the provider must establish a medical condition diagnosed in connection with the accident, incident, and exposure. And remember, pain is not a qualified medical condition. So if you get hand pain, they won't accept it. Back pain won't accept it. In addition to factual evidence, reliable and substantial medical evidence, which establishes an accurate history of injury and traumatic injury claims, or an accurate description of working conditions, okay, in those CA2 occupational illness claims, those must be submitted in order to establish a casual or causal relationship. This medical information must be provided by a qualified physician defined as one of the following. A medical doctor, an osteopath, podiatrist, optometrist, dentist, clinical psychologist, psychiatrist, or chiropractor if manipulation of the spine is involved, or nurse practitioner, physician assistant, if the report is co-signed by a qualified MD or DO. Fact of injury. Factual. Okay, now let's talk about the factual portion of this because this is where you need to listen. This is your part. You, the injured worker's statement. You need to create a statement. We talked about it in previous podcasts. 
and you need to describe that an incident occurred at a given time and place and in a given manner that is of great probative value. And it will stand unless refuted by strong or pervasive persuasive evidence. Now, remember, we covered this in detail in one of our first two podcasts. Your witness statement is very important and it must address five important things. I'm going to go over this real quickly for review. Okay, number one, what date and time did the injury or incident occur? So this is when the when did it occur. Okay, and we talked about how it occurred. That's what specific event occurred. Described in detail the incident. Okay, where did the incident occur? Make sure you make clear that you're required to be there as part of your job. Okay, performance of duty requirements. What body parts, what body functions were injured? Example, uh, your low back and your shoulders were hurt. This is the what, what was hurt. The why, why did this happen? Explain the why if it's relevant to the incident story, why you were injured. This happens sometimes in 30-part claims when, say, you were driving a post office LLV and you were rear-ended by someone else. It was an accident. That's why it happened. You didn't do anything. Someone did it to you. Just for example, the injured worker's written statement, okay, should describe the work-related injury or work-related illness, the conditions of employment, including daily on-the-job activities, and how the employee believes specific work activities and conditions cause your injury or illness. This written statement, remember I told you, you got to put it in handwriting and then you need to sign it, must go into the specific details of work activities and conditions that are relevant to your injury claim because your claims examiner and your OWCP doctor will not have all the necessary information to properly create the, the evidence to submit for a claim. When this happens, you will receive a five elements letter because those not enough of the basic elements were met in your witness statement, your doctor's casualty statement, etc. That's why we're going over this because this is the most common delay and deny um, tactic. Now, when you go into great detail and you want to learn more about the written statement, go back to the previous podcast, help, um, I've been injured, and we go into great detail about it. Now, your employment statement should also include information on your, your hobbies and any kind of activities you do outside of work so that you're showing that those things did not contribute. Now, OWCP also considers circumstances surrounding the claims injury, okay, and determine if the fact of injury is established. So understand and uh, there are times when unexplained delay in filing claims and ambiguous inconsistent statements will delay the processing of your claim and they'll fire off a five elements letter request asking for more information. Now let's go to the doctor part. The fact of injury, medical, in this element, the medical report is required to be in narrative form by a qualified physician that we discussed earlier and then the medical report must provide a diagnosis linked to the doctor's standing with a nurse injury except in cases of visible injury. Okay, The diagnosis does not have to match the exact condition claim and does not need to address the issue of casual relationship in order for the fact of injury to be substantiated because that's what's required in this element, the third element. Okay, It just needs a, a fact of injury occurred. The fourth element is performance of duty. The injury and your medical condition must have arisen during the course of usual course and scope of employment. And it has to be within the scope of compensable work factors. All right, so let's break that down. In order to establish that the claimed injury occurred in the performance of duty, the employee must establish the following. Okay, these are two important things. 
Number one, it, that it happened in the course of normal employment. Remember, your claims examiner doesn't know what you do. So you have to tell uh, what your work setting is like, what the locality is, uh, what the timing and the circumstances are that you got hurt. Don't leave things out. Be descriptive. You have to demonstrate that this is arising out of employment. This is a requirement that you, okay, your employment factors cause the injury. It must be related to the performance of day-to-day -day regular duties. Uh, any kind of assigned duties, even if they change your assignment, explain that. Or if you had to do something outside of normal, usual, and course and scope, but it was directed as a requirement that day by someone, write it down. That requirement is imposed by OWCP as part of the terms of establishing the fourth element. Now, there are statutory exclusions, and we could go on for hours. There's a pages and pages in the documents of it. Most common is statutory exclusions for not meeting uh, the basic requirements could be uh, things like willful misconduct, uh, intention to bring about injury or death to yourself or others, or drug and alcohol intoxication. Now let's talk about the big one. The, the last one is the fifth element. Guys, this is the most common thing that people say, please help me, Dr. Taylor, I need help, because nobody can get, um, get this uh, adjudicated correctly, because they keep saying fifth element's not met, and my doctor's helping me, and they won't accept it. All right, so let's go into detail about this very carefully. This is what we call the causal relationship, fifth element. Causal relationship is the link between work-related injury or exposure and the medical condition found on the approved doctor's examination. You've got to link the two together. It's based entirely on medical evidence provided by your doctor, okay? that has an examination findings and the examination findings and the treatment that's offered says this is due to factors of employment. Now, the opinions of your employee, your supervisors, your fellow co-workers, injury compensation specialists, witnesses technically are not considered for causal relationship, nor is general medical information obtained in some kind of an article or some kind of research study. You have to establish causal relationship with specific factors. Some of the most common words that OWCP wants to have, wants to see in the verbiage is what type of causal relationship? Is there a direct consequence cause that's established? Is, is the causal relationship a worsening of a pre-existing condition known as an aggravation? Is it a hastening of an underlying condition? If it is a hastening, then that would be an acceleration. Or is it a latent condition which could not have become manifest but for the conditions of employment, what is also known as precipitation? Those are the words and the wording style they're looking for. So in review, remember, there are five basic elements that are required to process an OWCP DOL injured worker claim. You have to know these well in order to be get through the delay um, of your claim and the delay of benefits. So remember, coverage, whether the claimant is an employee within the meaning of the Federal Employees Compensation Act, there's timely filing that we went over, whether employment employee met all the applicable uh, time limitations, personal injury, whether a work-related injury actually occurred. Remember the work-related 
uh, injury term includes all diseases caused or aggravated by your employment. Performance of duty, whether the personal injury occurred in the performance of usual and customary scope of employment duty requirements. Causal relationship, number five, fifth element, whether the disability claim is casually, okay, or there's a causal relationship related to the work-related injuries sustained in the performance of duty or to the conditions of employment. This term, okay, causal relationship includes direct cause as well as what we went over, aggravation, acceleration, or precipitation, okay? This is an important thing to really go over, and this is one you want to write down, you want to study, because this is the most common thing that people ask me for help with. This is the most common thing that people have delay of their benefits. So that's why I did this all by itself in a separate podcast. Okay? Now, that's going to do it for this episode of Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you to share this podcast with other federal workers you have that you know that are struggling with this particular subject matter or you think would benefit from this information. I appreciate that. Also, if you need an approved medical provider for your DOL or your OWCP Longshore case in Florida, you can find me in Tampa at two different locations, including um, Jacksonville to come soon and pretty soon in Oklahoma. To make a consult with me, discuss your case, or if you just want to ask somebody, uh, ask me a question. Or if you know someone in Florida who's recently injured, you can call the clinic that I work at most commonly uh, and most often, 813-877-6900. Also, if if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with your claim with questions or assistance, you can always send me an email and I'll help you and your doctor out. FedCompConsultants at ProtonMail.com. All right, I need to get my coffee uh, warmed up and uh, get going. As usual, I want to thank all of you who put on that uniform, a badge, deliver that mail, take care of us, of those veterans, run these government bureaucracies. It's a very difficult thing to do. And those of you that do that, we thank you. I get this as a free podcast with all this information. It's a big thank you to you. I could not do this uh, without you, so I do it for free just for you. I just help ask you to share it with others. We could not do this without all the work you guys do, so this is my big thank you. And remember... If you have an injured federal claim and you need assistance, I'm here to help. All right, guys. See you next time. I'm off to get my coffee warmer.